Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. We are so glad that you're with us. If this is your first time, my name is Zach. This is my amazing wife, Rachel, best friend. Hey, we want to encourage you guys to like, share, subscribe. This is going to be an amazing couple weeks together. I'm, I'm thrilled about what we're going to talk about, but I do believe that God is going to impact you. God is going to challenge you. And so, hey, take some time. Talk about this. Talk about this with friends. Take time. Share it. Uh, do do all, all the things. All the things, okay? Uh, and raise your anticipation. Sometimes, I'll be honest, I just listen to things, listen to them. But whenever I'm ready, to really get something, I usually get something. So, are you ready? I don't know what's going she on. She doesn't but feel I'm ready. ready, but either way, we're, me and you are ready. Okay, we'll just pray for Rachel. You got really, you got real intense there, real fast. Well, we were singing before. We were singing. We're really working on the yeah. theme song. The theme, the theme song's on the way. The theme song's coming. It's so, gonna hey, be good. Let me ask you: Have you ever been doing anything in your life where you were like, you were, you were ready to go? You know what I'm saying? Like you were, you were in it. You were committed, and then somewhere along the um, process, you lost steam. So here's a great example. Whenever Rach and I first got married, uh, she got pregnant pretty quickly. Couldn't keep her hands off me. She got pregnant pretty quickly. We were mildly irresponsible. It's and fine. then, uh, and so like uh, like eleven months into our, our marriage, right? Oh yeah. She, we we. We got pregnant, mostly her, but I was there. So she got pregnant. And then, uh, so long story short, right before we have our baby, our, our, you're like seven months pregnant. We buy that house. So we buy a drug yeah. house. Yeah. Um, and In September. So and we gave birth December. It, it's a full you blown, like the government had repossessed it, but we got a great deal on it. So we bought it. And I was gonna fix it up enough, me and my dad. That yeah, was and, full of urine. Yeah, it was. It was. It was rough. Like, in the walls. There's tables in the basement where they were growing marijuana. Yeah, there's like mirrors on the ceiling in the garage. Any, they didn't leave any for they resale. Were nothing. Definitely doing some things. Yes, it was. It was. It was like it was. A, it was in shambles, right? I mean, like the garage was door was like. They old. were worried about meth. That's how much ammonia was in the house because yeah. of all of the pee pee. And then <laughs> pee pee. And then uh, <laughs> Rachel was super pregnant, so they were like, "You can't. She can't come you in. You can't here. even be in there. Like uh, you can walk through it, and then you got to get out." Yeah, and so I. It like, wasn't meth, though. Just so we're all clear. Yeah, we're very grateful. Yeah. So the. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like I'm jazzed about this thing and. Um, about doing it, you know, like we're gonna do it. It's gonna be amazing. Like creating our first house, like all yeah. this stuff, and uh, and I'm telling you, it wasn't long in there before I was going crazy because you had to like pull up all. I remember like pulling up these floors and like you have to roll it up, and then my shirt would be covered in cat pee like after we yeah. took it down. So I, I carried all the carpet out and threw it away, and so like I would be excited, and then I just I just lost steam. I remember sitting there painting and just feeling like I was losing my mind. First, probably because I was in a closed room with a bunch of like really strong paint. I was probably high as could be. But either way, I'm I'm painting, and it's I was the dark like, days quick. I hate. I, I went from. Be, I remember like being so excited uh, about this because we got a great deal, and we're gonna what have a blessing, here. and we were gonna be able to use it to build our dream house. And oh my gosh, I and and <laughs> so Rachel's pregnant, and I I don't I don't know if you haven't been in my life really long. I can put on weight professionally like i could do it so fast it's, it's crazy 
Well, the house was right by a Burger King. And the your, old BK Lounge. Your boy, <laughs> if I had a Whopper card, I'd be I'd be getting free Whoppers on the reg, okay? And uh, so not only and and I, I I've gotten better, but I would eat my feelings. And so uh, me and the Whopper guy were were real, real pals. But either way, has there ever been a time in your life where you had something you were so excited about, and then you drowned yourself in Whoppers? And then you just hey, listen, okay, <laughs> listen. Sorry, I had to. Uh, it's making me hungry right now for a Whopper. Uh, <laughs> Has there been has there been anything in your life where you're like you were so, and don't say our marriage that really hurt my feeling. I would never do that. <laughs> is there anything like you were just pumped about and then you just kind of lost steam over it? Every piece of DIY furniture ever. Oh gosh, <laughs> I was hoping you're gonna say it. I listen. I have. I hate this. I've I, watched Instagram videos and I watch these people do it and it is not hard. I don't know if you've ever done a piece of DIY furniture, but I'm like, I could do this in like 30 minutes. This is not going to take long. I, oh my gosh. I don't, I, I don't really do well with time anyway. Um, I can't manage it well. <laughs> I think things it's take less time. It's not you can't manage it well. Yeah. You just, you just live just, in a fantasy world I where do. you can. What do you call It's time blindness. I have that. So anyway. Time blindness. <laughs> yeah. It, we I don't do that. good with, I don't do well with um, the DIY furniture. You know what I it's start... like to look at somebody you love and have to lie to them that something looks good? It uh, doesn't look terrible. They don't look terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! How many times have you lied to well, me? Well, let's, let's, let's... Have you asked the Lord for forgiveness? Let's put it this way. How many of those are in our house now? None. Yeah. Ow. <laughs> I feel like there's so much truth happening. Okay, My so... My world yeah, is sorry, crashing sorry, sorry. down around me. Um, so, but okay, back to it. We, the I think Bible. We all have things in our life that we were really excited about, and then we just ran out of steam. Oh, it exploded. Uh, have you ever felt like that when it has come to your walk with God or your purpose, or like if you have felt inspired to win your world or or pray for somebody, do whatever it might is or wh- whatever it might be? Do you ever feel like you run out of power? Acts 1 8, one of our favorite verses, says, But you, that's the church, that's me and you, that's everybody listening, if you're a believer, will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, to all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But I, how many of us, just like the house, or just like the DIY furniture, or whatever else it might be, you've started something and you've been so excited about it? And then you just run out of steam, whatever it might be, whether you try and fail or you run out of motivation or inspiration, whatever it might be. Well, we're going to take some time this summer to recharge, um, and we're going to take some time to look at how can we, how can we uh, really not just, how can we recharge when we're empty, but how can we live a life consistently that keeps us charged? Now, I won't say who, but one of us never plugs their phone in at night. I have a terrible habit of just, you know, you just live. I was going to put you on blast like that, babe. You said you said it. They know. They didn't know. They, well, they now now they know. They right? know. One of us. And so yeah. <laughs> and you look at the camera, one of us. So if if you live so we want to do two things. One, we want you to be able to know what to do when your phone is is it it does die. By your phone I mean like your life, your spiritual desire. But we also want to give you some keys to not letting it get that way. 
Um, it's stressful, right? Whenever we're talking and like, hey, I can send me this stuff hurry before my phone dies or whatever. Either way. So we're going to do this by looking at Psalms 23. Psalms 23. Were you going to say something there? Well, I was just going to say there. the reality is you are going to find yourself at a place where you're depleted. Right. You're, there are just, I mean, even Jesus is in his worst moments, he was depleted in the garden. And he, but he knew how to be restored, recharged with the Lord so that he could carry out the cross. And so just to like encourage you, if you say, gosh, maybe I should never gotten this way. Sometimes like tragedy strikes, you experience a broken world and it just, it breaks us. And you can have tough skin and a soft heart, but tough skin bruises. Mm -hmm. And just we, I just want to just speak life into you right now that you're not a failure because right. you're in a place where you need to be recharged. You, it's hey, it is a chance though to just shift your vision and recalibrate and say, hey, I am in this place, and I don't have to stay here. God wants intimacy with you, and He wants you to walk in victory and in the joy that comes from knowing that you have salvation. Yeah, and since Rachel was nice, I'll, I'll be mean. Or if you feel like, hey, you know, I'm never really, I'm never really run down. Like I'm never really spiritually fatigued or whatever. I want to ask, are you, are you pushing? You know what I'm saying? Like, are you... Are you ever warring against anything? Are, yeah, are you... Because, I mean, are you ever like stretching yourself, throwing yourself out there? Gosh, I'm giving my best to this. Well, there's stuff that I'm trying to do right now spiritually um, that it just feels beyond me. I told you about some doubts that I have today. Well, in the process of sanctification is not comfortable. And so I would just to challenge and say, hey, if you are always spiritually comfortable, I would just challenge you to take a minute and reflect and ask the Holy Spirit, hey, have I been submissive? Have I allowed you to speak into every part of my life? Or are there things that I'm withholding for fear of having to, you know, lay those idols down because sacrificing your idols um, and choosing, it is the best thing, but it is not always the most comfortable thing to do. Right. And again, it, it, this is, this can be hard, but God, God is a better father than we are. So he would not bring you to something that he won't bring you through. And he gave so, you the Holy Spirit. That's exactly right, which actually leads uh, perfectly into what um, you know what we would what we want to say next is to understand that we had that there is this power available to us, like it said in Acts one eight, is that we have to know that our everyday power needs to come from the source that is God, more specifically the Holy Spirit. And so, it, so it, I think that's a great reflection question. Just right off the bat, like, what is your, what are you counting on? What, 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 where would you say that your power source comes from? And the reason we say specifically the Holy Spirit is not because we're weird Pentecostal or whatever, but Jesus said, whenever he said in, in John 17, when he was praying for the disciples, he said, it's best that I go away and I will send the advocate, the spirit of truth who's going to help you, who's going to walk with you, and then again, Jesus references him uh, in in Acts one eight. The last thing he says before he goes up. So the the and and something and we even talked about this in our last last podcast. And then we're going to jump into Psalms uh, twenty three. Is the Holy Spirit? We obviously have Him living inside of us, and He speaks to us, and He gives us the deep groanings of God. But we match that. We late because a lot of times, if you're not careful, that can turn to emotionalism. Right. Well, I'm doing this, or I feel this way. The Holy Spirit. Well, 
our, what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us is always ran through the lens of the Bible. Second Timothy three sixteen. Yeah, right? God won't tell you something and then speak something else contrary in the word. Absolutely not. And so uh, that whenever people t- and then we'll, we'll get into it. And and this is like a, a real hot button for me. But when people are like oh, I just don't know. Like, is this just my feelings or is this the Holy Spirit or what is it? Well, first of all, you are a supernatural being. So like, if it's not sin, why not assume? This the Holy Spirit asking you to do it. Going and talking to somebody, praying for somebody, tipping somebody extra. Like, if it's not sin, why not assume? If, if you're a son or daughter of God, why not assume, hey, this is a prompt from God? But then also, again, he's given us a massive book or a collection of books in the Bible uh, to reiterate God's Word. You want to learn how to hear His Word? He's given you, like us, Thousands of years of history of it either, either way. Sorry. Okay. So um, one, one other thing just to set up Psalms 23, and this is actually a, a quote from Spurgeon, because um, whenever you look in the Psalms, a lot of times you can see in the Psalms like where David is, like when he's writing them, which is actually super interesting. It's a great study if you wanted to do it. Uh, like one for me, if I can just be like super vulnerable with you guys, uh, like whenever I was growing up and I really struggled with lust and like pornography and things like that. I would always go to Psalms 52. Psalms 52 is whenever David is repenting after he messes up with Bathsheba. And so like, I really resonated. I was like, gosh, God, I, I feel like I feel this exact same way. And I would read it and I, I would pray it, but for me. Well, this one's a very, Psalms 23, one of the most well-known passages of the Bible. Uh, it's unlike uh, any other of the famous Psalms. Uh, the 23rd Psalm, it has no title uh, and connects with no known event in David's life when he wrote it. Um, but still, as you listen, you probably heard it, uh, heard all of it or some of it before. And so it's just really interesting uh, how the Holy Spirit inspired David to write this, and there's just so much power in it. And so, uh, again, I, I just... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to read it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't have to go much past that first verse. You know, there's just so much there. Well, I was just going to read the whole of Psalm 23. You read the so we whole can thing. Grab, it's not long. It's six verses. Okay, go ahead. Um, so Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you're with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hmm. What is that? Um, what's that first one? Just that first verse. What does that mean to you? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Well, I think the first thing is just to look at like what is a shepherd? So, um, and that's a person who tends and rears sheep and uh, guides them or directs them in a particular direction. So a shepherd is responsible and cares for everything. He makes sure those, because sheep are um, 
they're dumb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, they that shepherd makes sure they have everything that they need, that they're in the right field at the right time, that there's no wild animals that get them. There's all kinds of protection involved. And so for me, when I read that, I go, I, you know, want to make sure I'm reading. I'm not reading something into that. But God is, he's called the good shepherd. He is going to protect me. And he's, when it says, I lack nothing, that means I lack nothing. Mm-hmm. And for, uh, it just holds me accountable to say, Hey, if I believe I need something else, then I, I'm missing something. Cause God's made sure he's my shepherd. He's made sure I have everything I need. I'm in the right place. I'm right where I need to be. I've listened to his voice. So I don't need to be concerned. Um, you know, it's Matthew. Ooh, I was going to make up a, uh, an address, but I can't remember um, where he says, you don't have the, you, uh, the, he dresses the lilies of the field. Matthew six. Thank you. And uh, so I don't have to be concerned about my clothing. You know, he's going to feed the birds. He's going to feed me. And, you know, you read even later, be anxious for nothing, mm-hmm. but come to the Lord in prayer with a, a heart of gratitude and in supplication. And so I know God's word is clear that I don't have to be concerned. I don't have to worry. I can be just like a dumb sheep, you know, that just mm-hmm. follows the shepherd and I'm going to end up right where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And I, I think something that we can forget if we're not careful, because we see him as King David is that he was a shepherd yes. before. And so David, <laughs> David knows what a pain sheep are, you know, and he actually says like whenever he goes to fight Goliath and Saul was like, who are you? And he's like, I... I killed lions, I killed bears, you know, so like he knows whenever he he talks about a shepherd, it's not like maybe like what we've seen, like that weird picture of Jesus you see, you know, where he's usually white, even though Jesus wouldn't have been white. He's got the, he's got the lamb over his shoulders. But and the be, blue robe with yeah, his like real good um, being, staff. Being a shepherd would be the worst, right? Because like you said, sheep aren't smart, but you're always, they, they have zero defenses, zero but how many of us, like whenever we think about like how our walk with God is, or we think about how we live our life, how many of us live more like we're the shepherd than we're the sheep? You know what I'm saying? But And David, first of all, David was like a butt-kicking warrior, and then he was a king, but he still was humble enough to see himself as the sheep. Uh, but something else that I think is, is powerful, and, and just for you guys, a place that I go when I'm studying Scripture like this is Enduring Word. I know we've talked about it on here, but it's so good. Uh, but something that just as I was reading for this, D, um, David says, the Lord is my shepherd. He doesn't say the Lord is a shepherd. You know what I love? He didn't say the Lord is the shepherd. You know, like like the whole royal, we like, oh, he's taking care of all of us. He says the Lord is my shepherd. And so like what David knows that, that they had been probably more familiar with than we are is that sheep were bought. Sheep, sheep meant something very, like sheep were something like it, it wasn't. It wasn't just. It did. It is. It did not mean anything. Like she, they were bought. They were purchased. They were owned. And he said that this. He is my shepherd. There was no if. There was no but. There was no I hope so. He says the Lord is my shepherd. And I, I really do think there's something that uh, there's something that said about David that I've always really prayed that the Lord would give me this spirit in my life. Is it said about David that he was a man after God's own heart? Yeah, and I think one of the re- one of the things that makes him a man after God's own heart is his his confidence in God. It obviously wasn't his perfection. It obviously it wasn't 
He, there was things the Lord told him no on. He wanted to build a tabernacle, and the Lord was like, hey, you're a man of war. You have blood on your hands. That's not, it's for your son to build. And then he, he committed adultery and murder, and like he, he, he did these things. It wasn't his perfection that made, him, um, that made him a man of God's own heart. It was just his longing, like his desire for him. Yeah. And so when he says the Lord is my shepherd, and I, th- I, I think a lot of us, we don't believe that I lack nothing part because we we don't really get the the Lord is my shepherd part. And if he's your shepherd, you don't see like sheep run up like whenever they're getting herded and say, Well, I think I think we should go this way. Or I think there's greener pastures over there. Or don't you hit me with that stick again. Right? Like he never said like the sheep don't say anything like that. And so David's humility to say the Lord is my shepherd leads him to also be able to say confidently that I like nothing. Wow. And I think it's important for us to remember, you know, David was a shepherd. He knows he knew how lowly the work was. And so when we think about even like when Jesus comes, that it was the shepherds who got to hear the coming of the king from the angels. Like it was they were they were not the highest. It was usually um, if you look at that commentary, it talks about it says that if a family needed a shepherd, it was always the youngest son like David who got this unpleasant assignment. And God has chosen to be our shepherd and um, he stoops down to care for me and to care for you because God had to he had to leave heaven to come and be among us. And he had to make a way for us to get to him for there to be communion. And so he's will, he was willing to do the hard and the unlovely to connect with humanity for us to be together. And so when we, um, you know, yes, like the, we love the beautiful imagery of it all. But when you think about the civilization in which this was written, like David knew what, yes, what a pain it was, but also like from a societal perspective, it was not the beautiful work. It was hard and unlovely. And God does the hard and unlovely to make us righteous. And I'm so grateful um, that that's how he chooses to love us. Yeah, and you you go back to how we started this. We want to be able to stay recharged. We want to be able to stay the course, right? Well, if, uh, if some of us feel like maybe, you know, like I'm, I'm trying this, like I like I like I'm not sure where my power's coming from, things like that. Well, I think a super challenging passage in 2 Timothy 3, uh, 2 through 5, but specifically in the first part of 5, it says it's describing people, and it says that they have a form of godliness, but they deny its power. Yeah. And so again, like even going back to the pat like the just just Psalm one uh, Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And so I know a lot of believers, um, even myself at times, where I would say I lack nothing, but <laughs> I lack the things I really need. You know, like I, 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 I lack nothing. Like my bills are paid and my family loves me, mm. but when's the last time I listened to Jesus? Mm. Like I, I, I lack nothing, like work is going okay, but when's the last time I saw somebody healed? Mm-hmm. And so like it's that challenge of, you know, uh, and again, the, the passage is the in the the Second Timothy passage more. And it's talking about like ungrateful, unholy people that aren't loving, unforgiving, slanderous. But I'm trying not to let us off the hook here. Do we, because we are not letting the shepherd lead us, letting him be my shepherd? Since that's not the case, whenever we do say I like nothing, is it just the 
Is it just the comfort that we have provided ourselves shepherding ourselves? Or like whenever you look at what God says we should have, you look at the fruits of spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Or you look at in Matthew 5 when it describes, you know, these these fruits are the, you know, the, the Beatitudes. Or you read Acts and you see these amazing things that, that, that happened. Like, do we have a form of godliness that has no power? Because well, we want to shepherd ourselves. Well, and what do you, you can read that and say, well, that's not true because I do have things I want. I would challenge you to say, are your desires in line with that of God? Have you surrendered and submitted your desires? Because if, because God says he'll give you, if, if we're surrendered and submitted, he'll transform and change your heart and he'll give you, you know, the desires of your heart. And that means because his heart and your heart are intertwined, like they become, they beat the same, the same thing. And so you can say, I lack for nothing because I desire nothing outside of exactly what God has for me. And when we start to shepherd ourselves and steer ourselves into other pastures or our eyes are taken and turned towards something else that God hasn't set aside for us. And I think we get frustrated in that. We say, well, look at what they have or look at what they get to do or look at their, you know, platform. And we're frustrated that that's not our job. Like, well, God's asked me to be a mechanic and I don't want, you know, I want something more glamorous or whatever. And our hearts start to get set on things that are not God's desires for us. And so we feel like we lack lots and it's, and we can't, and we will try and force of our own will to make things happen, or we'll continue to pursue these things that are not going to satiate our soul because they were never designed for us to walk in. Only God knows what he set aside for you. And we can trust him no matter what. He's holy and he's good and he's kind and he created you. So I just think for some of us, like David is making not just, he's not saying it's the truth. Everything I need has been supplied, but also I'm not going to, I don't desire anything else. I'm, I'm not going to desire or seek after anything else yeah. except what God is supplying me. Yeah. And as, as we're talking and maybe you are being challenged towards that humility that David had, the Lord is my shepherd. And even going on what you said, what 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 you're saying, and and you're you're wanting to be a little bit more humble, but I feel like a lot of people have a like low view of themselves as a son or daughter of God, and they think, well, how am I supposed to know? Like, how am I supposed to understand? How am I supposed to know what God's telling me? You know, I, we hear that a lot. How am I supposed to know what God's asked me to do? Well. And I said the wrong chapter earlier, but in John 14, whenever, and this is this promise is massive. I think one that we have to claim and we have to walk in confidence in. But in John 14, whenever Jesus is telling the disciples about the Holy Spirit, you know, he tells them in John 14, 26, he says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. So again, he's already said the amazing things about the Holy Spirit, but th- this promise is great. He talked about the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and will remind you everything that I have said to you. So that's verse 26. So two things out of that. We will have, we do have the power to understand. So we have the power to understand. The Holy Spirit gives the power to teach us all the things that God has. Now, again, you start talking about, uh, and I don't. I hope it's a ruffle feathers, but you start talking about things that don't matter, like 
people who want to have like theological debates around predestination or eschatology or you know post or pre millennial like, like no, th- those things don't matter. You know, they're not for us to know. Like what matters is that we are obedient. He's going to give us the power to understand the things that matter, right? But also we will have the power to obey. He will teach us everything and remind us of everything that I have said to you. And something we talk about, it seems like every podcast that we talk about is being in God's Word. And I think we all can say, you know, man, I just, I read God's Word. I don't remember it. I don't remember it well or this or that. Well, the Holy Spirit is saying that He, I will remind everything that I have said to you. One of the reasons that I try to take in, I take in way more Bible than I know that I can remember but I'm trying to claim this promise where he says, I will, I will remind you of everything. I, whenever I'm in a conversation, I may not know the exact place it is or whatever, but the Holy Spirit is going to bring to mind what I've read. So we have the power to understand, and we have the power to obey. The Spirit empowers us to move from understanding to actual obedience that pleases God. We do not have a knowledge gospel. We have an obedience gospel. Well, and do you really believe, and that's just one of those things, do you believe that God is who he says he is and that he could do what he said he was going to do? I believe that God is triune, that the Holy Spirit is real, that when Jesus left and that Pentecost happened, the Holy Spirit came and every single believer has access to that and that God loves to be known by his people And the word tells us that you gave the example of evangelism, but he wants people to know him. God's faithful and he's kind and he's gracious. And I give my kids answers to stuff all the time. Right. You know, and I know more than they know and I help them. So, and God says again, and you mentioned this earlier, he's, he's a perfect father. We who are sinful and broken, if we would get good gifts to our children, if we're going to counsel and coach our kids, why would we not expect God to do that for us? And so we can trust that he can do those things. And we can, I think one of the things that's helpful when you're thinking about recharging, and I've watched you do this, and is reading the testimonies of other people, of hearing what God has done in the word of God. Like you see all kinds of amazing things. And sometimes you can say, well, that was just for then. Until you start to hear the testimonies of believers right now. It's not just for then. The power of the Holy Spirit is for right now, for you right now. And I just wonder if sometimes we miss out on experiencing the fullness and the satiation of Jesus Christ because we just don't believe that God can do that, that he could satisfy our souls, that we could lack for nothing legitimately. You could desire nothing except what God has for you. You can be totally content and have a desire, obviously, for more of the kingdom, but Paul talks about us learning how to be content in, in what we're in, and we just miss out on that. And so we're depleted, and we're, and we're disgruntled mm-hmm. as a result. Yeah, well, I think that's, it's, it lines up so perfectly. We miss out. Well, we miss out because we don't, it, 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 I would say, because we don't hear or we're, or we're listening to the wrong voice. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus calls himself the shepherd in John. John 10, 27, he says, "'My sheep hear my voice.'" And I know them, and they follow me. And I and I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. Um, and no man will ever be able to pluck them out of my hand. But he says, my sheep hear my voice, and they know me. And I know them. And so I think a question is, as we start just to kind of wind down, like if you feel like you can't obey or you feel like, gosh, I know there's more in my purpose, and I want to win my world, like uh, 
the question is, what voices are you hearing? What are you letting shepherd your life? Because what you're listening to, usually what you're listening to is what's leading you. And what's leading you is what is shepherding you. And what is shepherding you is leading to what you lack or what you don't lack. And so David was able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Mm -hmm. And so because he was listening, and then Jesus reiterates later, again, like we said in in there. So when we talk about power, um, whenever what what we want you to do uh, this week and this time, and prayerfully do this in your quiet time, but test, talk about power, test the voltage of the voice that is calling you. So like what what's calling you to obey? Like what's calling you to action? What's calling you to move? Like test the voltage of that voice. Where's it coming from? What 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 is it? What's it for? Um, you know, Jesus said he's not gonna leave us as orphans, that he will come to us, like he cares about us, he wants to be with us, he's our shepherd. But what voice is calling you? And then hey, babe, what what would be a way that you would test the voltage or the validity of the voice that's calling you? The Bible. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a solid Sunday school answer. Twofold. <laughs> so obviously the word of God is never going to be contrary, but then also wise counsel, having some people around you who are you know, spirit filled there in the word and taking, you know, what you believe God's spoken to you and saying, Hey, you know, I've, this is what I'm, I've really feel like the Lord's spoken this to me and kind of, um, allowing other people to speak into that because they'll, they'll be real quick to say, whoa, that is, because we can be deceived, like test, test everything, test it. And um, so having somebody who says, hey, you know, I, I'm going to pray on that with you and asking for a word for you, but also just knowing like some, you can bring something up to our kids who don't, they want to know if something is right. They'll come and talk to us. If there's, I mean, we have people who mentor us in our life. And if we have questions, we're going to sort of say, hey, this, I was just, you know, I really felt like the Lord spoke that to me and bringing it to someone and allowing them to speak into it. But you have to be humble enough to hear, yeah. hey, that's, first of all, you have to be vulnerable enough to share what's going on in your life. You have to get some people around you by a small group. Being a part of the local church is so important and plugging into a group, being a, um, in a circle of people who want you to grow in your walk, who, who they want to grow in their walk mm-hmm. and allowing them and then having a humility to hear, to yeah. listen um, to those around you. Yeah. So you want to test the voltage, voltage of the voice by what it's calling you, uh, and then, but also test the voltage of the voice by where it's calling you. And so, mm-hmm. whenever you're thinking about what's leading you, um, and is is it ever towards eternal things, you know, or is it always towards being comfortable? Is it always towards the same people? Is it always towards what you know and understand? And so, two ways for you to test whether you are being shepherded by yourself or by the world, is to test the voice of the voice on what it's calling you. The, the Lord is never going to call you names. He's never going to say anything degrading about you. He loves you too much to do that. So if you hear those voices like I do, that, that's not the voice of our heavenly shepherd. And then two, <coughs> where it's calling you. If, it's, if, if the voice that you are following is never calling you into the eternal, then you are not being shepherded by the Lord. And whether you feel it now or not, you are lacking. If you're not being shepherded by the Lord, then you are lacking. Mm -hmm. And so, hey, and and we push on this stuff because we know, know, know that you are, you have a purpose. Your purpose is to win the world. And we want you to be able to run this race for a long time. 
I want you to be able to have a have an amazing family and an amazing testimony of everything that God's done through you. Uh, so test the voltage of the voices. Uh, again, it's gonna it's gonna affect how much power that you have on what is calling you, where it's leading you. But we love you so much. Uh, we pray that you live your purpose out this week and win your world. We'll see you next week. 